Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Carlos Ghosn, former boss of the Renault-Nissan alliance, could be released as early as tomorrow after spending 107 days in a Japanese prison charged with understating his pay and other financial misconduct. After the prosecution lost an appeal, he will be freed as soon as the payment of his bail of $9 million has been processed. Tom Braithwaite, Leo Lewis and Kana Inagaki explain the latest twists in the story. Carlos Ghosn has a new legal team led by Junichiro Hironaka who has taken a much more aggressive stance towards the allegations levelled against his client. Kana and Leo say Mr Hironaka has a formidable reputation in Japan. Mr Hironaka is known in Japanese legal circles as the innocence contractor and the razor for his reputation in winning difficult cases. He was once the fiercest enemy of Motonari Otsuru, the prosecutor-turned-defense lawyer who led Mr. Gon's first legal team. When Mr. Gon was arrested, Mr. Otsuru was seen as a safe pair of hands with his inside knowledge of the prosecutor's interrogation tactics. But as Mr. Gon prepares for trial, he has opted for Mr. Hironaka, who has extensive experience fighting in high-profile trials. At a press conference on Monday, he said he's already 73 years old, but he wants to test how sharp the razor still is. Junichiro Hironaka is a star lawyer known for exposing the worst abuses of Japan's hostage justice system and handing prosecutors their biggest humiliation in recent memory when he exposed them for tampering with evidence. At his first major news conference this week, Mr Hironaka condemned the case against Mr Gone as bizarre and questioned the way Nissan executives brought the allegations against their former chairman to Tokyo prosecutors, especially for incidents that date back more than a decade. Mr Hironaka has also issued a series of warnings about the introduction of secret plea bargaining deals that top Nissan executives are believed to have struck with prosecutors. Supporters of Mr Ghosn believe those deals allowed Nissan and prosecutors to focus on the deposed chairman, Mr Ghosn, and Greg Kelly, a former close lieutenant, rather than implicating the company's board, finance team or any other departments involved in preparing the financial statements. Both Mr Ghosn and Mr Kelly have denied the charges. Nissan, meanwhile, has said Mr Ghosn and Mr Kelly were the masterminds of the misconduct and that other executives, including Nissan's chief executive, Hiroto Saikawa, were not aware of the understated pay. But there seems to be more to the story than a simple case of financial misreporting. Leo and Kana have been investigating the origins of Mr Ghosn's estrangement from the Nissan management in Tokyo. Leo takes up the story. Before his arrest in November, Mr Ghosn who was then the chairman of Nissan and chief executive of Renault, had been considering a full merger between the two alliance partners. The plan for deeper integration came at the urging of the French government, who is the biggest shareholder in Renault. In one media interview he gave during his 107-day detention, Mr Ghosn said that his downfall was the result of plot and treason by Nissan executives he once trusted. Nissan has said there was no link between its investigation into Mr Ghosn and the merger talks. Since Mr Ghosn's arrest, it has come to light that officials in both Paris and Tokyo were involved in trying to resolve the conflict, although both governments were publicly denying that they had any role in what they described as a private corporate matter. 
The dispute between Paris and Tokyo came to the surface when Japan's trade ministry sent a letter to its French counterpart asking about media reports on Mr. Ghosn's plans for a full merger. Subsequent reporting by the FT made it clear that despite claims of non-interference by governments on both sides, Paris and Tokyo have become embroiled in an increasingly tense situation as Nissan executives sought to fend off a French-led takeover. What was the balance of power between Nissan and Renault, and why were Tokyo officials so wary about the idea that the alliance between Nissan and Renault should be made irreversible, as Mr Ghosn put it? Despite its two-decade history, the alliance has long been considered unbalanced, since Renault owns a 43% voting stake in Nissan, while the Japanese company owns a 15% stake in its French partner without any voting rights. After Mr. Ghosn rescued Nissan from near bankruptcy in the late 1990s, the Japanese company is now the bigger partner to Renault in terms of sales. Mr. Ghosn's declaration that he wanted to make the alliance irreversible sparked fears that a de facto French takeover will lead to job cuts and plant closures at Nissan. Mr. Ghosn's case has drawn intense international scrutiny of the Japanese practice of extending the pre-trial custody of defendants who refuse to confess. His wife, Carol, has publicly spoken out against the Japanese criminal justice system, describing it as draconian. She's also said her husband had lost considerable weight and faced poor sleeping conditions because his cell was dimly lit every day. His lawyers in Paris said on Monday they'd submitted a file to the UN showing violations of his rights during his prolonged detention in Japan. Mr Ghosn, who denies all the charges against him, has been repeatedly denied bail since his arrest last November. So why did the court decide to grant bail this time? The Tokyo District Court did not explain its reasoning for granting Mr Ghosn bail after turning down his request twice in the past. But experts do believe the court came under pressure following heavy international criticism about Mr. Ghosn's prolonged detention, especially after he made various promises, such as the use of surveillance cameras to ensure that he would not flee or tamper with evidence. And what next for Mr. Ghosn once he is released? Leo says his priority will be to try to reverse some of the damage the last few months have inflicted on his reputation. During his long incarceration, Mr. Ghosn has been frustrated by the difficulty defending his reputation as new allegations have surfaced. When he is released and obliged to remain in Tokyo for what could be a long trial, he is likely to begin a campaign to reverse the reputational damage that the last four months has done. Though he may still believe that his arrest was politically motivated, his focus is expected to be on the weakness of the prosecutor's case and proving the lengths he went to to ensure that his financial dealings were within the law. Meanwhile, Renault has said it will work to overcome any mistrust between itself and Nissan caused by the downfall of Mr Ghosn and to ensure that their alliance is indeed irreversible. But with disagreements about who to appoint as the new chairman of Nissan, the path ahead is unlikely to be smooth. That was Tom Braithwaite, company's editor, and Leo Lewis and Kana Inagaki in Tokyo. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer.
Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.